we're pretty yeah. we're pretty um, savvy that we were able to figure out this is going to be a terrible movie with Kurt <laughs> no Russell no we are not and some other knowledge. other other hemsworth brother De as a starring role definitely took there a lot of advanced knowledge to know this movie was going to suck Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. This is our flagship Friday, episodes where we discuss all the news, current events, and going-ons in the crypto community. Now, my name is Kareem Baruch, and I'm here with my co-host, Brent Philbin. Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, you guys probably can't hear this, but Adam is like, he decided to mess with his mic at the very last second. So as Kareem's talking, he's got this face where he's just moving his mic around. And he's like, oh, no, I'm making too much noise. I got to stop. Yeah, I forgot to put the was well, and that filter. Beautiful voice you hear that is thing. Adam Levy. Yeah, now it's in there. <laughs> there it <laughs> now is. It's There's perfect. that deep voice. Once again, that is Adam Levy on the mic. So this episode is going to be released Friday, April 19th. And before we dive into the news and current events, Brent, you want to give us a little podcast update, production update? Well, we released our casting couch with with Adam. We recorded that at night, so Kareem did not participate. But it is it came out on Wednesday, so you can check that out. Get to know Adam a little bit more. Uh, as uh, Derpy Derp pointed out in the Discord chat, we find out that Adam is a Tron fan in this casting couch episode. So go on there and find out why. <laughs> That's bogus. It's bogus. It was a loaded question. I'm not a crook. <laughs> I'm not a crook. <laughs> to be fair, I asked him whether he wanted Verge or Tron, and he chose Tron. And then I was like, what are you doing? You picked Tron. You're such a <laughs> jerk. Would have said the same thing if it was Verge. I just interviewed Anthony Lusardi. I expect that to come out Monday-ish. Uh, we talked about the different attack vectors on blockchains. I know that I told everybody that was coming. And I expect the Decred 101 to be done about next week. And then we have an interview coming up with one of the members of the Decred team. So look forward to all of that, everybody. All right. Exciting stuff. Let's gonna we're gonna get the news started with our rapid fire section. These are the headlines that probably worth mentioning, but maybe we don't have to dive deep on. So for our expert in shallow conversation, Brent, why don't you take this rapid fire section? <laughs> Yes, I am an expert in shallow conversation, but I'm also an expert in deep it's conversation true. because I float. Oh, I float very easy. I'm very buoyant, so the deep end works. You're for me. fascinating. All right, but continue. Coinbase has added 11 more countries for crypto to crypto trading. That is not fiat trading, so don't get it twisted. They're expanding their reach. Crypto.com has listed ENJ. They're the ones that have that credit card, so that you know is. Not as scammy as the Coinbase one, but it's still kind of scammy. Look for ENJ as something that you can pay 3.5% fees on. Brave Rewards are live on Android. That's pretty cool. So the Brave browser on Android is basically just Chrome, but better with ad blocking and all that. And now you can opt into the ads and get the rewards if you would like. Also, you should check out the Binance Academy. I'm not going to go too much into this, but... They have over 60 different videos and articles explaining different cool things about crypto. Everything from what blockchain is to how Byzantine fault tolerances work to pyramid schemes and scams. I don't want you guys to like stop listening to us, but they did a good job. Yeah, I agree. I stumbled into some of their material uh, once doing some research for one of the episodes. When I saw at the top, like, oh, Binance Academy, I was like, oh, come on. You know, I don't know. I just kind of felt... Yeah. I had a negative reaction, and then I started looking at the content. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. They're educating the public. Yep, and it's all free. So pop on over there and check it out. They're, they're good. Finally, Bitcoin fees are the highest they've been in over a year. Yay! So as people started using <laughs> Bitcoin again, the fees went up. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, it's hard yeah, to tell. It's mostly not good. But I would assume. It's good in the sense that more people are using it. It's bad in the sense that like we kind of thought Lightning and Segwit had solved that problem-ish because of how low the fees had been for so long. But really, the answer was, as soon as things started to pick up, fees started to rear their head. They're not at the levels they were in you know, 2000, 
17 at least fiat wise they're still right around two dollars and stuff like that so they're not obnoxiously out of hand yet but they may get there you never know all right that's uh that's it for the rapid fire no that is not the rapid fire that's this could have been the rapid most rapid rapid fire i've we've had since i've been on the show brent did not he forgot to mention that he is banned on coinbase because that's it yeah you mentioned coinbase brent yeah yeah do you know that Brent is Coinbase? Well, yes, he but, is. But here's and I am but not Adam, Coinbase. I am banned. Adam, from- hold on a second. But you don't know why though. <laughs> you see what what had happened was. I do know. Why. <laughs> we're just kidding. We're just kidding. So for the only person who's not in on this, uh, got to listen to a past episode. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the Lord of the Rings style saga. People just don't believe Craig Wright that he's Satoshi. Brent, I don't understand. Why would anybody lie about being Satoshi? Can't we just admit that he's Satoshi and move on? <laughs> this is fun. I, I A lot of this started happening last week and we we record on Thursdays and a lot of it started happening on Friday. So I really wish we had the time to get this out. So we're not exactly on the cutting edge of this stuff, but I just wanted to talk about it. The Craig Wright saga continues. There is more to Craig Wright than meets the eye. This has been going on since about last week. Craig Wright and Calvin Iyer. Calvin Iyer, who is known to poker players as the founder of Bodog or Bovadad. Uh, Just to interject, I know that he had to, I think one time he was flying from into America and they just, they tried to, uh, nab him at the airport or they they basically got him at the airport and then he basically he's banned yeah you uh get closer to your mic i can barely hear you (laughs) so anyway yes he was he can't come to the u.s as far as i know i don't know if that's still a thing but his online poker site was operating in a really weird gray area now he did probably was one of the first people to start taking bitcoin in that instance which was interesting he now has aligned himself with fake toshi so they've been suing anyone that says they're not Satoshi now. Like they're actually handing out lawsuits. The way this actually started was Craig offered $5,000 for any identifying information on a journalist, on a crypto journalist called Hodlnot, who was supposed to be anonymous. The internet actually obliged and they got this guy's address. He was sent a letter from Craig, this company that Craig Wright created or whatever with Calvin they're calling it like the troll factory or something. They're trying to just like sue people who say that Craig Wright is a fraud. So so Twitter, crypto Twitter has rallied around this. Everybody started changing their profile pictures to the hodl not picture. So you'll see this if you pop on crypto Twitter recently. Like It's kind of hard to differentiate who's who because they're all using that picture. They've all added hodl not to their name. Uh, Peter McCormick that we had, we just had on the episode a couple of weeks ago released his address and he's like craig wright is a fraud here's my address fucking sue me and they did so they sent him a letter of suing him he posted the letter and he's like here's the letter and the letter is ridiculous it's saying like all kinds of dumb shit about how bad it is to say that craig isn't satoshi and in the end it said you have to post this exact thing to your twitter that says like i was wrong craig wright is actually satoshi my fault or something like that and then it's signed with a signature that looks like a little child took it with like a crayon backwards in their hand and like scribbled it like and wrote it, which was probably the funniest part for me. It's kind of like that that tether letter where they just had the little line in the signature yeah. part. Just to remind people who Hodlnet might be, he's the one who started the Lightning Network Trust Torch uh, back in the day. So when we had talked about that Lightning Network thing that was going around Twitter, that was, what is that exactly? It basically people were passing the Lightning Network amount to each other, and they were adding a hundred satoshis to it each time. So and it's still going around, as far as I know. And a lot of really important people had grabbed it. I know we had like a spreadsheet of all the cool people that had gotten involved, but we're talking like you know massively prominent people inside and outside the crypto world. So it worked really well. Finally, after Peter got this letter. And everybody had been changing their pictures to hodl not. CZ from Binance sees this. And he literally says, word for word, Craig Wright is not Satoshi. Any more of this shit and we delist. And he's talking about Bitcoin SV. It kept going. Calvin Iyer kept prodding. And Binance delisted SV. They were like, fuck you. You're gone. 
So Bitcoin SV will be off Binance in within two days after we release this episode. I think the 21st is last day. Could be wrong. They're not the only ones. Kraken has, they put up a poll of should we delist? Everybody agreed. Kraken has delisted Bitcoin SV. Shapeshift.io has also delisted Bitcoin SV. They're run by Eric Voorhees. There are other smaller exchanges like Lightoshi and the end thing now. Like you delist SV. Everybody's basically giving this guy consequences for for doing this. It's resulted in a $100 million loss in market cap for the coin. And we know that a lot of that coin is being kind of gobbled up by the likes of Iyer and Craig Wright. Their hash rate's down 37%. Everybody is basically on board with the delisting, which is interesting in a spot with like everybody who's going to cry about free speech and stuff like that. We're talking Charles, Vitalik are agreeing on this together. Even guys like Pomp, even though they're coming from a little bit of a different perspective, they're like, yeah, get rid of this. Bitcoin's the only Bitcoin or whatever. But they all agree that the delisting is good and fine. And then you have some people that are coming up and being like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. How can you let a centralized authority decide what to do? They're delisting. Blah, but but blah, it's not blah. a centralized authority well, real quick. I mean, maybe in the case of Binance, it was. But like, for example, Kraken took a poll. And in a, in a yeah. very real sense, this has to do with Craig Wright's aggression, not just his like, not the fact that he can, you know, be the leader of a community or a coin or whatever, but he's suing people for even saying that he's not Satoshi when, you know, all the evidence seems to point to the fact that he's faking it. So it's, it's more about his aggression, you know, like there has to be ways to reprimand people for that kind of shit. Uh, have you watched the Theranos doc with Elizabeth? Uh- um, I forget her last name, yeah. but but basically it was a company that could use like a capsule to just a few drops, like a little blood. pinch yeah. to get. And towards the end, she just started uh, getting all the lawyers um, to sue everyone, you know, who said anything about anything. And that sounds kind of like where Craig is at in his process. Yeah, they the latest that I saw is that Calvin Iyer is fast-tracking the one against Peter McCormick. Um, so they, uh, P- Peter basically has the community behind him, and he asked CZ in one of the tweets if he could borrow his lawyers, and CZ said yes. Oh, my God. So, nice. Yeah. I, 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 I can't remember. Wh- I wish I had a link to that tweet, and I remember That's seeing cool. it, and I don't know if it was a joke, but he was like, sure, or whatever, and... Uh, and yeah, so he has basically said, "All right, let's fucking go." He's like, "Let's fast track this. Let's let's take you to court and see what happens." He basically is saying, "I I want the world to know you're not Satoshi. You want the world to know you're Satoshi. Dude, let's fight." He's and, and he's an idiot too because, in my opinion, that's pure intimidation tactic. I guess I'm only familiar with the American system, but there's going to be so much more burden of proof on him because he's basically suing for what defamation. So you you have to yeah. show that there's a willing and ill-willed dissemination of false information that they know to be false and there's absolutely nothing he could do to prove right now that he's like he's got nothing on his side the the burden of proof is going to be on him and he's got like zero evidence well he submitted one piece of evidence recently Brian. you want to tell us about that i see you have that here yeah. So he he went ahead and decided to submit an email to one of the courts in like the Kleinman case and said that it was a an email that was his in like 2012 or whatever. But they checked the hash of the email, which is super easy to do in the metadata. And it was clearly created two years after he said it was created. And therefore, it could not have been part of whatever that he was trying to say it was part of. I'm not familiar with that whole case. But yeah, just he just submitted a clearly fake email address to evidence. And was like, no, this is an evidence. It's fine. So... It's so simple. Just show the address that you sent the initial Bitcoin transaction from if you're Sadoshi. So we can just move on from this and be like, all right, Craig, well done. You're awesome, but you're you suck. <laughs> as you're you're you're, just, you're brutal as a person. Great. I'm very happy you did it. Cool. Bye. Two things. This is further evidence on this email story specifically. Number one, one of the main things that has signaled that Craig Wright is not Satoshi is his ignorance on matters that somebody with the coding expertise and you know computer expertise of satoshi would know like he keeps making mistakes like this you know you and i might make that mistake but <laughs> the person who came up with bitcoin 
understands that emails have digital signatures and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, he just keeps making these small errors. Amateur, yeah, exactly. Mistakes, exactly. And uh, second of all, you know, he's a douche. <laughs> yeah, he needs to stop this shit. It- we'd all be disappointed if he was Satoshi at this point. We'd be like, but we'd also be like, well done, cool, all right. You know what? If he ends up being Satoshi, I just quit. We're no longer. We no longer have a podcast. That's it. We did everything wrong. (laughs) That's the end of it. No more crypto basic. We'll we'll give it to the first person that upvotes the post where we say we quit. I I do not. I do not. um, Whatever Brent is saying right now, um, (laughs) I do not uh, agree with. Yes, we will look like pretty big idiots if he happens to be. Satoshi. So as a quick aside, while you're talking about the story, Brent, it made me think how with a mythical style figure like Satoshi, there's like two versions, right? There's who literally was Satoshi Nakamoto, who used that pseudonym or what group. And then the kind of public perception of the persona of Satoshi and the myth of Satoshi, right? It becomes like its own icon. What's funny about Craig Wright is that not only does the evidence prove that he's not the real Satoshi, but also, as far as like the conception of what Satoshi is, the community has completely rejected him. He's like the complete opposite of what everybody envisions Satoshi to be. So it's almost like even if he was the real Satoshi, he's so far removed from what you know the pseudonym Satoshi means for the community that even cares about Satoshi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that he's not Satoshi anymore. It doesn't matter if he's Satoshi. That Satoshi is different. Satoshi has yeah. risen. He's become his own entity. Oof. And also, the, he sues everybody for everything and patent trolls yeah, everybody, and like, yeah. he, and he's crying about free speech on these exchanges, delisting, delisting him. So there should absolutely be consequences for putting your your self and your coin and your hash power and all that behind the wrong entity or the wrong things. If Roger Ver started going around saying, "Hey, he was Satoshi," I absolutely would support all consequences that Bitcoin Cash would suffer because of it. I understand Bitcoin Cash is a decentralized entity, but it is attached to Robert Roger Veer, and it was attached to Craig Wright, so it's a good job getting him off of there before this <laughs> blew up. Um, right. And and even, even Roger has gone out and said, like, he fooled me. I don't know. I listened to him, and I shouldn't have, and, and he screwed up. So, yeah. Turns out people... Yeah, Roger's looking like a saint compared to Craig Wright. I know. Yeah, I know. Yes, sure. if you compare the two, it's not even close. No, and Craig Wright, no. going back, I know we've mentioned this a million times, but going back to that festival, it reminds me of that kid to try to run the fire fest where it's like even after everything's falling apart and when it seems like everybody knows he's lying or whatever, he's just so into his own lie. He believes it so much that he's just going to keep going in that direction until the end. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Until that's exactly how Theranos. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly like that. Too. Yeah. Uh, all right. But we cannot spend another minute on Craig Wright. Adam, why don't you fill up our imaginations with mystery, treasure, adventure? So uh, apparently a few days ago, I think uh, the the guy, Niraj Agarwal, he's a funny crypto guy. I think he... I forget the website that he uh, belongs to. I'll have to figure it out. It's some coin something. There's a lot of coins, but basically, <laughs> as long as it's not he, Coin Geek. Oh, but let me. I'm sorry. Let me stop you real quick. Coin Geek is owned by Calvin Iyer, so don't ever listen to anything they say on their site. All right, continue. This is perfect. It gave me a second to Google. So Coin Center, yeah. So he's if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's pretty good at everything uh, crypto related. Coming up with funny little tweets and also retweeting funny stuff interesting stuff this in particular was something called satoshi's treasure and the website is satoshi's treasure.xyz and it popped up the other day and i happened to catch it and went back and looked at it and it uh the clues came out uh maybe two or three days ago and the next clues come out on sunday and it is a treasure hunt giving away a million dollars worth of Bitcoin currently residing in a thousand different keys. And the hunt is intended to quote, test the metal of anyone who wishes to add excite some excitement to their lives. And there's a lot of, uh, you should definitely check out the website. It's kind of cool. And it looks like it was made in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got that cool retro style. 
Has anyone seen season two of the OA yet? No. Well, okay. of course. It it literally, Ethereum is like part of the show. Yeah. And <laughs> it reminds cool. me of this, you know, because they're basically the OA season two. There's no not really much of a spoiler, but they end up having to find some riddle that's a, with an app in a phone that turns into kind of augmented reality where you're using the app, which is created by the creator of Ethereum in that world. Yeah. And I I thought, I thought this reminded me a lot of that because this is kind of, you know, you're using these, uh, Bitcoin keys. And, uh, one of the clues is a geostationary orbit. And then you have to, the, the, these three keys begin my hunt. And the first of 1000, they're hidden in locations around the earth. And, there are a lot of there are rules to the hunt, as in everything is not is all going to be in public. It's not in private in someone's home. You can't do certain things, like you know, you basically just can't be a bad human, or, or else you won't get the key. And it just seems pretty cool. So if you want to have some fun and add some excitement to your life, check out Satoshi's Treasure. And also, interesting tidbit, when they released those first three clues, a Reddit user had them figured out within three minutes. Oh, wow. I did not. That's that's sick. But it's not the reward. That's only the first piece of the puzzle. They're releasing it like very slowly, three clues at a time. Sickos. A lot of yeah. smart people out there. But that sounds like a lot of fun. Brent, you have a story here about Nomics? Yeah, this was, I found this kind of last minute. So, uh, right, I literally finished typing the last thing as we were supposed to start recording. But nomics.com released their transparency rating for crypto exchanges, meaning what they give out as far as public information with their APIs or with, or just what they release. So, seeing the trades, seeing how often the trades happen, what the trades are, and that kind of stuff. And they had a they did they kind of released this as a response to the uh, that report that came out from uh, damn I didn't write the name of the company uh, it was a report that came out that said ninety five we talked about of, it a few weeks ago yeah ninety five percent of the volume is is, is fake yeah. and the company behind I can't even remember the name of the I can't remember the name I don't know how I didn't write it down but they they found that basically the exchanges with the greatest transparency were the furthest removed from the bad actors. That were in that report that said that they were faking the volume. Nomics didn't really like the bias behind the report because basically that company was trying to get their uh, SEC uh, ETF approved, and they were using they were kind of shitting all over everybody else so that they looked better. And they had only focused on BTC in the report. They hadn't talked about like other things that were maybe being faked. There were a couple of other issues that Nomics had with that. So if you check the link in the show notes. We have the whole report where they wrote about all the different separate issues. It's like seven pages. It's Bitwise Asset Management is Bitwise. Yes, there you go. That was it. Okay, so they didn't. Um, so so Bitwise was the ones who released all that, and Nomics just didn't like their methodology. Not that they didn't like their conclusion. They were they just didn't like that they had some bias. So always know your biases of the parties. We didn't know that. We didn't catch that when we released that. So it would have been good on us if we had found that. What happens now is Nomics, if you go to nomics.com slash exchanges, they have re-ranked the exchanges factoring in the possible faked volume, factoring in their trust ratings and uh, and their percentage of everything, their Alexa rank, um, how many pairs they have. They have a lot of different pieces to this puzzle. They've used that and created the different volumes of the exchanges and Binance is, of course, number one. But interestingly, HitBTC, the shitty exchange we talk about all the time, is second, and it's not that far off. So they have a lot of random shitcoin activity on there, apparently. And then um, Coinbase Pro is in, is all the way down at fifth as far as volume is concerned. Uh, they don't have regular Coinbase, obviously. But BitHum is third, and Gate.io is fourth. So it's interesting. You can check that out. You can check that out for Nomics. They run an API, so obviously they have their own biases. They want you to use their data and eventually maybe they're going to monetize their data or whatever. Maybe they already have, I think, for some of it you can use uh, if you're a hedge fund, you can get like quantitative analysis data from them. So but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. So check out their report. It's pretty cool. 
And you can check out nomics.com. They have like their own kind of version of coin market cap and and different uh, metrics and volumes and that kind of hey, thing. Hey, so. Brent. Uh, so there, so me, I'm a crypto idiot. So could you please explain how to check out this report that isn't just the normal market cap? Because I can't see it uh, on the website. I will include the correct link in the show notes. Yeah, I'm self-deprecating myself just for the people. I'm doing it for you guys, just so we can all <laughs> check it out later. Yeah, there, there's a medium link. I'll have that in the show notes before. I'm not going to keep looking up it, looking it up live on the air. I guess I only linked to their uh, to their exchange listing and not how they came up with it or why they didn't like that article. So that will be there, I promise, and you can check it there. You just sounded like Bert a little bit. <laughs> Bert Philbin. Ooh, Bert hey. Philbin. Hey. <laughs> I got good. almost all of the letters in my name. That's pretty good. All right. Just missing the end. Let's talk about some money. Adam, you're going to give us some kind of Forbes rundown. Yes. So an article released on Forbes. And now, uh, man, I maybe should have gone a little deeper into it because I know Forbes sometimes they could just have a random person writing on Forbes. I've seen it in the past. But, I mean, this seems pretty legitimate. So they released the top fifty billion dollar companies exploring blockchain. It's a long, it's a long top fifty title. This is pretty cool. There are a lot of awesome companies in there. You know, Am- Amazon, Google, Samsung, Facebook. A lot of these are not necessarily public. You know, I'm curious as to what Amazon is doing. I know a few years ago, Bank of America started filing a lot of patents that were regarding blockchain. So you know, if you could go deep, do deep do deep dives, you can kind of find out maybe what they're doing. But 32 of the 50 were on building on Ethereum. And if that's not a bull sign, I wish I had a little bell right now that I could ring. I don't think that's the sound of the the stock market bell, but uh, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, the link. Bye, 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 bye. Go. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Oh yeah, we should do like a what? What is that guy? Mad Money guy? Yeah, Mad Money. We'll just do like an episode where we take video and like run around and hit things in our house and be like, sad money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So ninety five percent of Deloitte and Touche's respondents. Yeah, I I meant to look this up before we went alive, but. It's the quote was ninety five percent of Deloitte and Touche's respondents said they plan on investing in blockchain tech this year. I assume respondents means people or companies that work with Deloitte and Touche. They could be. They could have. Yeah, did they put out like they could have pulled survey. out a poll or something? Yeah, they could have pulled. They could have pulled the businesses, even if they're not necessarily their clients or whatever. Um, did you mention though here the growth in investment? I saw you have it written. Oh down. yeah, I, I kind of went. Uh, backwards the year over year growth for corporate and government spending in the space is 89% and by 2022 it's supposed to reach 12.4 billion and by the end of this year it's supposed to be 2.9 billion so yeah. we're experiencing some nice growth and investing within the blockchain and you know cryptocurrency space yeah i mean that's exponential growth you know in in investment and if the investment yields exponential growth, then we should see exponential yeah. returns. There you go. Integration. But get them gains, boys. To gains, clarify, gains, gains. Uh, this is blockchain and not necessarily cryptocurrency because right. a lot of companies just say, hey, we have money too. We don't need to ICO. We're Amazon. We're right. you know Samsung. We'll just or throw Facebook. Out- we could yeah. throw out a billion dollars and create a great freaking blockchain, you know? So a lot of these companies might just actually be using a technology but not have an ICO or an investment. I don't know. But maybe at some point they will still have a cryptocurrency or a coin. But for the most part, it's going to be – It might some of these might be internal. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Blockchain doesn't mean entire cryptocurrency space. Anything else on this story, Adam, before we move on to crypto around the world? Uh, no, I think that's about it. But I will say that even if they're not using ICOs or, you know, they don't have tokens for their own companies, they're still building on Ethereum or these platforms still have value. So that's just adding to the value of those platforms. And these are all the kinds of stories that maybe 
a lot of people don't see because from the outside, it still looks so purely speculative, right? Like the, right. it just, it just seems like, oh, you're betting on this particular cryptocurrency. And one of the things that I try to tell people in my life that ask me about cryptocurrency that don't know that much about it, when I say like, just buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? And it's, it's all this stuff, like how many projects are interlaced and how many projects are building on it and everything that it becomes a little bit more than just mere speculation. You're saying, no, look, there's an entire ecosystem that's being developed here that started from the ground up and now it's getting all these other participants so it's like it more than one thing has to fail. As brutal as this last bear market was, or I'd like to say was, I think uh, I'm very confident it was and it not it still is. We needed it. We needed to build the infrastructure. There, there needs to be some sort of regulation for certain things. And the infrastructure wasn't ready. We were all just buying based on, most of us were buying on pure speculation. But at least now there's a lot more backing why we were so hyped to begin with. Well, and specifically, I think it's on certain projects, right? So we're still speculating about the potential uh, of a lot of projects. Even myself, I'm speculating on Cardano's future. But I got to say, when it comes to Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically, I see entire ecosystems, entire cryptocurrency ecosystems that I don't really see. Like, I just see them as being a major part, at least of the next 10 to 15 years, any kind of maturity in the space, these projects are going to be in the lead because we're seeing it. That's where projects are being built. That's where uh, people are pairing up their blockchains to the Bitcoin blockchain. That's where the hash is. That's what like where like the base of currency is, so to speak, the base of wealth. Yeah, they're like the flagships of the space, it feels like. Just to reiterate the 95%, because if respondent does mean yeah, all these corporations and, and everyone that they work with, that's a fucking insane number. 95% of all their clients want to or plan to invest or have invested in blockchain this year. Yeah, in some way. Now, I wonder if that could mean anything as far as like, yeah, they, they decided to use an API for a company or something true, like that that true. was related to blockchain. So it could be a lot of different things. But we we've been producing content through this entire bear market and we have talked almost not about price at all we've talked about all these different things that are improving the tech improving the underlying principles behind distributed ledger technology that hasn't gotten worse the price has the price has gone down the technology has only gotten better it's only become more adopted it's only gotten in front of more eyes so yeah, there's people who are going to be like, Bitcoin's stupid. Yeah, we lost money. Yeah. But we know what it looks like from the fundamental analysis side. And the price, we knew day one on this podcast. We're like, we don't know if this price is good. It could be way overinflated. Mm -hmm. It could still be way overinflated. Mm -hmm. But the tech is still getting there. And the, the price may not be proportional to where the tech is now. But as the tech continues to advance and tech advances exponentially, it, the prices will eventually coincide and they will eventually coincide in the future. And I just don't know when that is. And is it today? Is it tomorrow? Is it six years, 10 years, 15 years? Don't know. I still am fully behind the fact that we are not wasting our time here. No. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and to me, it keeps going back to, I mean, I don't know if this is the right way to visualize it or explain it or whatever, but I think one of the fundamental value propositions of crypto for me has been Understanding it as the idea that for the first time ever, we can invest in a network, right? Like it's not the exact same thing as a company where it's providing like this printed out value. But when we're betting on Bitcoin or when we're buying Ethereum, we're just investing in an actual network. And all of these signals seem to indicate that these networks are going to be much larger than they are today. That's the bottom line. There's going to be more companies, more users, more wallets. It's just a larger network. And if the value does, in fact, come from the size of the network, then, yeah, that's almost a fundamental from the way I see it. Like, I guess the equivalent of like a book value of assets. I don't, I'm not sure. But that's a perfect time to remind everybody that yeah, <laughs> we don't know what didn't we we're talking about at all. Yeah, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Seriously, we're idiots. We're going to say it again at the end of the episode. But yeah, yeah. also, that was a really long transition to crypto around the world, Kareem. So <laughs> if you want to uh, actually transition to crypto around the world, here it is.
All right. So before we get to the kind of long story, we have a Binance shout out here. Who 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 wrote this? Who did this? Oh, this was me. Uh, it was just I I was just I just put it down real fast. Wanted to say that Binance is launching in Singapore soon. Remember we talked about that on the pod last month how they they were launching in Argentina. I I thought that this was months out, but turns out that they're going to be launching in Singapore soon. They also launched their Dex coin. It's just not ready yet. It, like they Genesis blocked it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely could have uh, put a little more info here, but uh, I just was uh, I was negligent with this little bullet. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just a little Binance plug. Yeah, yeah All just right. a little Binance plug. Little little B plug. And uh, right. moving on. So uh, who wants to tackle this next one in all caps? I will take it, gentlemen. Kareem always handles anything in all caps. Anything in all caps is Kareem. Just kidding, guys. It was a copy pasta from the title. But here's the title. Nevada lawmaker scrapped flawed cryptocurrency bill. Thought that this was an interesting story because it could give us a little bit of an insight into the forces at play right now in crafting legislation in the United States. In Nevada, there was a bill that was submitted called SB 195. And the way the article described it is the bill was designed to implement a legal framework for cryptocurrencies that was designed by an institution called the Uniform Law Commission. So I went to go research the Uniform Law Commission because I really didn't know anything about them. Debate the As we discussed the article, the main idea is that the framework wasn't that good, that it was bad for crypto. So I was, I kind of started looking around at their history or their funding, see what I could find. It's a nonprofit. And they, the way that it's described is that it's an institution that's designed to provide well-researched and drafted legislation to the states. And they're trying to perform uniformity in legal frameworks in certain areas like commerce so that Alabama and Florida have similar commerce laws so that they can have commerce together. So similarly, now they've developed a framework for cryptocurrency that they would like to go across the United States. Uh, when I was looking at the funding and stuff, at, long story short, the institution seems pretty legit. Honestly, I was looking for any kind of strong biases, but this was formed by the states in the late 1800s when they realized, hey, we really should have more common legislation and it's funded by all the different states and they send representation and it's a bunch of lawyers or Supreme Court justices. There's been a few presidents that were a part of it and they just think of them. And yeah, they think about these topics, they draft legislation and then each state chooses whether or not to implement it. They don't have any actual power to implement legislation, right? So going back to the case in Nevada specifically, there, um, the Uniform Law Commission's cryptocurrency, uh, let's say, proposal is called the Uniform Regulation for Virtual Currency Businesses Act. And it was introduced in February in Nevada, basically accepting this legal framework that they were provided. But it faced really strong opposition from people in Nevada that have cryptocurrency businesses. They were really worried that it affected cryptocurrency ownership rights, that it was more about controlling activity. And this is a quote that somebody submitted to... Um, the legislation to the Congress in Nevada as they were debating whether or not to pass this legislation. So this lady's name is Wendy Stoilerock. She's a blockchain hardware developer. So, quote. Not to be confused with Crypto Wendy. Not to be who confused. Who draws triangles on charts on Twitter. <laughs> not to be confused with Crypto Wendy. So this is what this lady wrote. Quote. While our business does not rely on cryptocurrency, we are concerned that SB 195 could unintentionally classify us as a money transmitter because we build hardware wallet technology that enables machine-to-machine -machine autonomous transactions. So this is the kind of blanket stuff where it's like, okay, if you make anything that's cryptocurrency related, even if it's like, for example, a wallet, well, now you have to have a money transmitter license or you're being regulated like an entity that's handling financial payments from one person to another. They had other problems. There's a big debate essentially, but here's the good news. The ULC actually responded to all of this criticism, not with a hammer, but by actually asking the states to halt the legislative process. And they basically said, all right, you know, since we're getting so much pushback, states that are considering this, put that on hold. We're going to do some more research. We're going to reevaluate some of the framework that we laid out with some of the information that we've gotten. 
And I guess they're going to propose something else in the future. But we're all pretty critical of the system here. And I think that this is an interesting story where you see the process work maybe in a in a in a constructive way, you know? Not the ending that I expected for them to say, okay, well, yeah, we'll take a look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is that's almost never what happens. Normally it's like Wow, they put out this legislation and now I'm screwed and now I can't do anything about it. So that's interesting. Also interesting that we are here again in crypto around the world talking about Nevada and the United States. But I always appreciate that. And <laughs> we have an international Wyoming. audience, so stories around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 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 peace too and 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 guys like uh, you know, bigger boat, this is very much crypto around the world for them because they're not here. <laughs> it's cool that they agreed to check check themselves before they wreck themselves and it's not normal we don't normally see that so maybe something good will come out of it maybe they'll actually bring on somebody who understands it maybe they will offer uh wendy stoilerov stoilerov to come miss wendy to come on their panel and check it out and help them research this stuff maybe they'll reach out to uh i don't know Somebody from crypto Twitter, maybe they'll ask Hoddlenot. But and one more thing I want to say real quick, Brent, just because it gives you a little bit of a historical appreciation. One of the things that you've said on this show is that it would be nice to have a more kind of cohesive understanding of cryptocurrency legislation around the country so that yeah. we can yeah. have development, right? And now this is cool because it turns out that, okay, maybe they're not proposing the laws that we would like, but there is in fact an institution that was created over a hundred years ago by all the different states together foreseeing this problem. So there's at least a body out there with expertise and history that kind of works towards this as opposed to it having to be created from scratch. I don't know. I guess it's always interesting to see the different. We're a lot farther along than we thought, basically. Right. And there's interesting institutions and entities that play a role in this story that we might not even know about. And again, we're skeptical of the system and that's I usually correct, but this shows some other ways that, you know, maybe the system is designed to to work with the people and help create things that make sense or that stimulate growth, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully we see some good stuff. Regulatory certainty could not come sooner. That is a, a definite fact with all these companies Spend 95% of surveyed companies saying that they're investing in blockchain somehow. And the United States being the weirdest place with blockchain, the least amount of regulatory certainty. It's real easy to see how brain drain could stop coming to the United States and go somewhere else. Hmm. I don't know what brain drain is. Brain drain is the idea that like the best and brightest of other countries. That's what I thought here. you meant, but I always like to make Brent explain his little. Uh, this is Kareem's actually. Oh. He's the first one that brought this to my attention. So and well, take and it back. back. Apologies. Well, it's, it's neither of any of us. This is well, yeah, but, logical uh, terms. <laughs> okay, cool. No, yeah. but as far as like Adam likes to make fun of me for saying a phrase, because he sa he says that I say things specifically to get him to ask me what it is. So that I can explain it, what, what like I use like a colloquial term, and uh, like when we were living together, I said tomatometer when I was referring to Rotten Tomatoes ratings, and he was just like, oh, of course, the tomatometer, and then they just like went off on me about that for the next like two years. <laughs> so, so, but yes, that is. Yeah, I was, uh, I was just you know firing shots at him. Speaking of. <laughs> Uh, what a transition. Who wants who wants to get this uh, Kraken delisting? There was so much that I could have put it in the shots fired section this week. And we talked a lot about what went back and forth. But obviously, we're doing a little bit of a throwback to the Craig Wright situation on a couple of these. Uh, the first of which is Craig Wright. Or I'm sorry, uh, Kraken. The Kraken, uh, some representative, might have been, I don't know who it was, was interviewed by Yahoo News about the delisting of of the bitcoin sv now first thing i'm going to say is i was i'm in like a tell uh whatsapp chat with a bunch of old friends from high school and they know i'm the crypto guy right so one of them posts in there and he's like wow kraken is delisting bitcoin that's got to be bad and i'm like oh my god it's confusing when i talk to people and i say like if you go to bitcoin.com you end up with bitcoin cash you might not know the difference 
it's legitimate. Like he thought the, the the email that said they were delisting Bitcoin SV, and they even had the ticker in that email BSV. He thought it meant that they were delisting Bitcoin because he doesn't know any better, and he just like was reading, and he's like, oh wow, delisting Bitcoin. So anyway, probably just a little interesting anecdotal fact, but. Kraken delisting BSV. They they're interviewed by Yahoo News. In the interview, they said, "In this case, it is a unique case for us." This is a quote. We haven't delisted any other coins because the founders, the people who are represent or the people who are promoting it, turned out to be total assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a legitimate quote directly from that article. It's great. There's a whole long article. You can check that in the, in the show notes if you want. The other thing that I want to say about the the thing w- involving this is Peter McCormick's response letter to Craig Wright's or um, Calvin and Craig Wright's sue suit of him. He he responded, and some of the things that he said was, you know, his real name is Peter McCormick, but he is known by the pseudonym the King of Bedford. <laughs> And he also uses his handle at Peter McCormick. He is also the king of Bedford, respected mommy blogger, thought leader, Nobel winner, (laughs) Grammy nominee, dolphin trainer, Instagram influencer, giraffe, tech titan, lord of the dance, and recognized journalist with the number one Bitcoin podcast in Bedford. Wow. (laughs) And he he goes on to say that Bitcoin SV is definitely not Satoshi's vision is is his opinion. Uh, if you Google Craig Wright as a fraud, there are currently 6,330,000 results on Google. The end result is he says that, uh, in response to this whole thing, please let your client know the following. Number one, ha 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 ha. Number two, no. Number three, no. Number four, jog on, which means fuck off in, uh, in British. And number five, raffle copter. So, <laughs> As far as the requirements that uh, they had listed out, and he said he had his own requirements <laughs> that um, he write an apology to everyone in Bitcoin. Uh, he stops suing Hodlnot, and he agrees to go to court. Blah blah blah. And then he told him he could release a statement if he wanted to, and then he signed it <laughs> the exact same way <laughs> with like, a little squiggle. Like he wrote it with a crayon, and no, you have to. <laughs> It, it looks like he wrote it with a crayon, and he put like his name, and then he put here. Look, look at this, and then he put age forty in parentheses after he scribbled his name down on the bottom, and it is uh is very beautiful, and uh, it even got retweeted by CZ from Binance, who said it was an amazing response. <laughs> so I, you hilarious. can read the thing in full in the show notes. is great. Perfect shots fired. He's been firing shots all week. Follow him on Twitter if you want to see all this like fun stuff going back and forth. <laughs> Finally, uh, CoinDesk released an entire seven-minute-long review of the movie Crypto. <laughs> the, the, where we saw like, the shitty trailer. They were like... One of the two of them was trying to be like, uh, you know, I I wasn't a big fan of the movie. It wasn't that great. And the other the other dude is like, it, he's like, no, this was terrible. <laughs> this is the worst movie I've ever seen. He's he's going. He's like, he said the movie could have been about a USB stick instead of crypto. He's like, they were doing things that made you think that they were going to be real artsy with like their camera transitions or maybe glitches, and it was going to make you feel like it was Twin Peaks or Black Mirror. But in the end, I'm now pretty certain that they were just editing mistakes. <laughs> it, you can watch the review. It's in the show notes. It's pretty funny. I mean, so, yeah, we, we definitely talked about it and we called it. We just, you know, we're. I mean, we, look at that review. <laughs> we're pretty, yeah. we're pretty um, savvy that we were able to figure out this was going to be a terrible movie. With Kurt <laughs> no, Russell no, we are not. And some the other, other, other Hemsworth. Brother, De- as a starring role, definitely took there- a lot of advanced knowledge to know this movie was going to suck. Yeah, we watched the trailer and we were like, "Oh, yep." Wait, wait, Brent. A shitty movie, Brent. We have to look up the tomatometer. Oh, I right. doubt they've got it on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I, this is like an advanced review, so uh, I'm I'm sure we'll get it at some point. Let- wait, it's on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it is. Uh, what? Oh my God! Eighty-eight percent of the audience liked it, but the it doesn't have any reviews from the critics. Well, it hasn't been released yet. I I don't know when it, it's. Oh wait, no, it has. It's been released. 
Oh my god, it says it was in theaters April 12th. How does 88% of the audience like it? How And how, there's not a single how, critics review of it yet. Where, where is this released at? Uh oh wait, no, there's there are four critics reviews, three of which are rotten. Uh oh, Alexis Bledel's in it. I know. Yeah, cool. Rarely do I advocate seeing a movie at home over the full theater experience, but Crypto is the exception. That's the good review. That's the quote that they took from the good review. So <laughs> apparently, the maybe you can stream this or something. Maybe like it's not. Uh, it's watch it now on iTunes, Fandango. Now I don't really know what's going on with this movie. Hopefully, nobody sees it. If it's wow. that bad. Wired said Hollywood tackles blockchain with not disastrous results. Ooh. So. I I maybe that's a nice way of saying, hey, this wasn't an absolute travesty, but it was bad, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, you can check out that. I'm definitely not going to see this movie. So, uh, I mean, I, 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 w- I would have felt like it was one of those movies where you have to see it because it's called Crypto, but it looks so bad and so stupid that there's just no shot. Well, if you saw the movie, make sure you let us know your review. We're interested in what our fans have to say about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jump in the Discord. Start telling us we're stupid for not seeing the movie or we're smart for not seeing the movie. It, it's playing choice. in one place in all of California. <laughs> well, get over in there. In all of LA. In all of LA. In Beverly Hills. It, it, is it like at the, the like downtown porno theater or something where it's, like right I don't afterwards know. they're. The Lamley Music Hall. That sounds exactly like what I was thinking. The Lamley. Probably mispronounced it, but yeah. Sounds terrible. Whatever. We are not financial advisors and we are not movie critics. Movie critics. And we are not seeing crypto. And we are not seeing crypto. crypto In solidarity. Yeah, we are boycotting the movie crypto. We decided right here, right now, we are going to put a lot of effort into this boycott and totally not see Stop it. Stop objectifying though. USB drives. <laughs> Uh, no, but all kidding around aside, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As Brent just reminded you, we're now financial advisors. All financial investments have inherent risk. Thank you for tuning into the Crypto Basic Podcast. We're going to be here next week. And with Brent Philbin, Adam Levy, my name's Green Burkey. See you next week. See you soon, bitches. See ya. Basic, sorry.